Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. Can anything separate us from the love Christ has for us? Can troubles or problems or sufferings or hunger or nakedness or danger or violent death? But in all these things, we have full victory through God who showed his love for us. Romans chapter 8 verses 35 to 37. God never promises to be with us, not remove us from our struggles. That would be easy and not very real, rather like bailing our children out of trouble or difficult situations all the time. How would they ever learn? He does promise us, however, to change the way we look at the more challenging moments or seasons of our lives. And in my vernacular, I say it's all about attitude. It's all about mindset. Paul's listing all the rubbish bin moments of our lives, undisguised troubles, bankroll crippling problems, lonely and terrible sufferings, hunger, both physical and spiritual, nakedness in our emotional vulnerability, danger from social temptations, violent and heartbreaking deaths, all the very dumpsters of difficulty we deeply hope to escape. Paul tells us of their value, value. In these things, we have full victory through God. Notice the two-letter preposition we prefer to substitute Why not use apart from all these things or away, very far away from all these things, or even my favorite, without all these things. But Paul is very clear when he says in all these things. The solution to our trouble-riddled lives is not to avoid the problems, the worry makers, the anxiety fuelers. If we could avoid them, we'd have a very blah life, wouldn't we? No, the solution to the troubles in our lives is to change the way we see all our challenges. And who better than God to correct our vision? Hello, welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny, and I'm here to dispel any preconceived ideas you may have about what educating your children at home looks like. It can be straightforward school or no school at all. It can involve world travel or a comfy seat on the couch. It can be in pursuit of passions or simply hanging out in a tree. And sometimes it can make us wonder what on earth we're doing. For the next few weeks, I'll be talking to mums who have walked through the fire of a compromised income, illness and disappointments of one kind or another. And I hope that we will all find encouragement and strength from what these women have to offer and by their presence, discover that we're not alone. And in the end, somehow we'll be strengthened and heartened from unexpected places. What I was doing by homeschooling meant I saw the light bulbs go on and was there for the turning points in my children's lives, good and interesting, and was allowed to make my own decisions about how to raise them. 
with God in my family. I've moved in and out of my comfort zones, gained insights and delights along the way, and I'm here to share them with you. I'm broadcasting live today from Richardson, Texas, at my friend's house. And after the first break, I'm thrilled to be welcoming back Sherry Hayes as my guest. Sherry is the author of Large Family Living, a blog dedicated to homeschooling multiple children. And this afternoon, she's going to be talking with me about some of the more challenging moments of her homeschooling life. Stay tuned. She'll be with me after the first break. I'm drinking some hot water and eating a very crisp apple at the moment. Well, not while I'm talking to you in between times. I'm all set, so grab whatever it is you're drinking and let me engage you with the latest and greatest from the household of the McNinnies, where I'm considering the homeless situation and discerning what God has up his sleeve for the next phase of our lives. Are you ready? When I was in Florida, I thought I missed malls and restaurants and going to the cinema. But now I'm back among it all. I feel I don't miss it at all. I went shopping with my teacher daughter last weekend and she used to be so difficult to shop with, not able to find anything she liked or that fit properly. I was quite relieved that we found exactly what she was looking for very easily and the outing was rather fun, except I don't like crowded shops at all. The solution for me is to buy online, not clothes, can't do that too successfully, but other things. We bought a few gifts for our son in California and had them sent straight to his door, very handily. No jostling, no traffic, and open all hours. Our daughter wanted a duvet cover and we were able to go online and find lots of choices that weren't in the shops. And that was easy too. We sat one evening in our hotel room just perusing the pages of patterns and designs while waiting for dinner to cook. <clears throat> we took Dorts out for dinner yesterday and ended up just watching her eat, deciding that nothing looked appealing on the menu after a few chips and hot sauce. After all, we're all such good cooks. It's more satisfying sometimes to stay at home, except for at the moment. I call us nomadic cooks, my blue-eyed cowboy and me, we can whip up a meal wherever we are and make ourselves at home in any house or apartment or hotel room. The other evening I was making chicken pie with pastry my bird keeper son had given me. He'd made too much and sent me home with a bag full of dough. Anyway, I used our soda stream gas canister as a rolling pin and the result was amazing. <laughs> I suppose it was heavier than a wooden rolling pin. I have to, I have a, a marble one back when I could access my belongings. It was a heavy old thing too. And the cinema doesn't hold much appeal because we have Netflix and there are so many good English television shows on that we stay in and watch one episode at a time in our PJs. I do miss the smell of popcorn. Perhaps we should buy some this weekend to pop in our microwave and add a few M&Ms. Mm, I know we'll be getting visitors for that. I went out walking. And it began to rain on me, not a common occurrence in Texas between April and November. My blue-eyed cowboy had asked if I wanted to take an umbrella because the sky was really dark. And because I imagined a large London brolly, I refused. Then remembered we do have a small collapsible one, but that was, it was too late by then. I was already on my way. Anyway, it began to spit as I was walking through a green belt with lovely paths. I decided I wouldn't go too far <clears throat> in case it started bucketing and I needed to get to a shelter fast, not really wanting to hide out under the trees. Not a wise thing to do when it's storming. I eventually had to retrace my steps back to the first bridge with a spacious walkway and paced back and forth under it during the 30 minutes I was holed up. Better than not walking at all. It was quite a downfall, and the creek below was being filled by a pair of culverts 
emptying their flow of water very loudly into it. With the thunder and lightning and the gushing of water, I felt as though I was back in Florida. My handsome cowboy texted me and told me not to growl at anyone while I was pacing. I don't miss not having dogs to walk. It's odd that after all these months of getting up at 6am and walking dogs four times a day, I don't miss it a bit. I do miss them, though. The big dog's head in my lap as he quaked when, the, when it thundered, and the little dog's silent snapping of teeth when she was excited about going out once again. As we try to work out in our minds where we want to live, our ideas keep changing, but the prevailing one, some kind of business to augment our income, stays constant. We have a couple of estate agents looking for us, but after the initial flurry of showings, things have ground to a halt. We decided we'd stick to our initial plan because that's what we really want to do. And it's uh, to buy a plot of land, size negotiable, depending on the area and price, and raise a barn home. The price of the barn home remains constant while the land may fluctuate depending on the area we choose. We're hearing some disheartening stories about mortgages. Companies are being really careful after the collapse of so many leading agencies, their bottom lines and all that. And because we're close to retirement, our risk may not be low enough for someone to want to hand over dollarinis to us. I told a friend of mine who's running into the same problem. It was the companies throwing their money at the public, not the other way around. And yet we're being penalized for their silliness. Anyway, I won't be dissuaded because unlike a loner who wants solid proof of income, God has ideas and plans to prosper us. Neither of us are going to sit around struggling with a debt we can't afford, and we're very capable of letting rooms or whatever it takes <coughs> to make a little bit of extra to pay the taxes. If you build it, they will come onward with our original plan. Beans and rice, hello. This week, I'm starting a series about homeschooling in the face of adversity. How do homeschoolers handle real life when it hits their families? <clears throat> Be it marital struggles, pagan children, our progeny finding themselves, also known to us as rebellion, health problems and unexpected additions to the family. In other words, when things are just not going right in the homeschool, my guest and I will be exploring questions like, did you think homeschooling would be the answer to raising your children? Did you think they'd be sheltered from the secular world and grow into young adults who are not tempted by their peers? Did you think they'd be immune from the secular world? What happens when illness strikes or unemployment hits and goes on and on or a host of other obstacles that seem to be taking us away from the task in hand? How do we cope? I've invited several women on my show to give advice and management over the next few weeks. So tune into the series or take part by emailing me at my website, thesociablehomeschooler.com, with questions and concerns of your own. As we launch into great adventures, as we start a new job, take on an assignment, begin to homeschool perhaps, the initial days are filled with hope and we bustle around and everything seems to go really, really well. Then, as with everything... Reality sets in. We see the wind. We face obstacles. Unexpected conflict saps our spirit. Plans go awry. People we were counting on let us down. The economy zigs when it should have zagged. What happens when life happens? Resiliency is what happens when it's given a chance to shine. People tend to respond to traumatic experiences in one of two ways, defeat or resiliency. 
Resiliency actually enlarges our capacity to handle problems and in the end, not only to survive, but to grow as we find the Lord is truly with us. When we're able to respond to situations with resiliency, we continually seek to reassert some command and control over our lives rather than seeing ourselves as passive victims. Do you find that you do that? We have a larger than usual capacity for what might be called moral courage for refusing to betray our values. When we're resilient, we find purpose and meaning in our suffering and refuse to think of ourselves as powerless. If you want to learn more about this, I'm reading a book by John Ortberg called If You Want to Walk on Water, You Have to Get Out of the Boat. It's an excellent job on how to find a purpose in your life and how to be resilient. And it's break time now, so you go replenish your drink, and I'll be back in just a moment with my guest to talk about challenging moments in homeschooling. So don't go far. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on TogiNet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velasi's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velasi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to explore 
extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the Woo Woo Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. I'm delighted to have with me this week Sherry Hayes, who is going to be talking to me about difficult moments in her homeschooling career. Sherry is an inspiring Christian mother of 15 wonderful children who has been homeschooling for 26 years. She's seen the graduation of several of her children from her home in colorful Colorado, and she and her husband David are enjoying rearing the remainder still under their tutelage. Sherry has been a proactive advocate for homeschooling, a key speaker for homeschool support groups, and a successful writer, encouraging practical biblical family living on her blog for more than 10 years. Sherry, welcome to my show today. Howdy, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, how are you? Oh, good. Good, good. Well, Sherry, it's been a couple of years, um, and I had that you had graduated seven children. That was my last um, uh, bio on you. Have have any more been added to your graduation list? Uh, yeah, I think I have eight now. Let's see. We have nine at home, and three are no longer homeschooling, so I only have six to go, so it must be nine. <laughs> I can't okay. even keep back. <laughs> okay. Wow, I remember the last time we spoke and we were talking about mealtimes and um, how you did lunches and um, got all the lunches packed up the evening before. Is that right? Mm, Am yes, I remembering yeah. correctly? Yes, yes, yes. Something, something about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Sherry, um, thank you for coming and talking to me today about um, some situations in our homeschool lives that maybe weren't um, talked very much about because I know as homeschoolers we um, try to keep everything together and not sort of, um, I don't know, I don't know how easily we admit that things are going wrong within the homeschool, not necessarily with what we're doing within the homeschool, but what's happening outside influences and outside, you know, sort of illnesses or deaths in family that come along and kind of throw everything, you know, out the window as you try to deal with um, all your children at home and you're educating them and you're it, but there are other things taking your time away. So, Sherry, has there ever been a time when you have thought, I can't homeschool anymore, we really need to, you know, sort of focus on this that's happening? Well, uh, well, you know, in the last four years, my husband was laid off from oh, really? his job. Mm. And um, that, I mean, he he didn't know. We had no forewarning. He called me mid-morning and says, honey, I'm coming home from work. And I said, well, why? And he said, well, they've laid off everyone in the office. We had 15 minutes to leave. Wow. And so he's on his way home, and he says, I'll be there in a little bit. And I hung up the phone, and uh, I had an opportunity. At that point, our 15th baby was only a year old. Mm-hmm. And we had lots of little girls still. We had We were homeschooling. Um, that's the I think eight at the time, and I so I had a choice at that point. But see, I I, I tend to believe that in every problem God has a blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, while I was thinking, how is this going to affect? You know, a lot of things go through your mind. My first thought was, how can I help my husband 
to weather this. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was such a shock to him, I think, maybe more than me, because I kind of tend to roll with the punches a little bit. For him, he's thinking, you know, I'm the I'm the sole support of this family. What am I going to do? You know, kind of thing. Mm. He was he, he's a great man of faith. Don't don't get me wrong. But, no. But still, I had to go. Okay, God. So what is what is the next step? How are we going to handle this? Kind of thing. Mm. Mm. So 15 minutes. So there was no indication the company Mm-mm. hadn't been taken over by anybody no. or Mm-mm. no, no. We, we knew that the economy was tanking, but they they like sent sent memos out. Oh, don't worry, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine. Okay. And so then all of a sudden, if, you know, he's got 15 minutes. That's it. Wow. And a lot of other people too. Oh yeah, that, all yeah. the people in it. Well, the office only had five or six people in it, but mm-hmm. all of them were let go at the same time. Oh, goodness me! So you hear news like that, and first off, you think, "Oh, okay," and it takes a while. I, I think it takes a while sometimes for women to, for it to really sink in. You know, a few yeah. hours or a few days. I know it takes me a while for the news to really sink in, and I don't know whether it's because adrenaline kicks in and you're kind of, you know, sort of thinking like you were thinking, okay, mm-hmm. how can I help my husband? That was your first thought. Right. You know? And so, you know, you said that. So what happened when he walked through the door and how did you help your husband? Well, first I'm saying, uh, you know, honey, everything is going to be fine. We, God has a blessing in this force and we're going to do just, excuse me, just fine. And, you know, he was with that too. Mm-hmm. He was like, yep. And like um, within within the next day, he was already handling everything and already had a plan in place of how he was he was signing up for unemployment you know doesn't my husband's like that if he has something he hops onto it Mm -hmm. and so what i needed to do is see i i take more time to process like Mm -hmm. okay well i'll do that but i got to get you know used to this first but Mm -hmm. instead of considering what i needed i said okay honey i'll go down there with you we'll do it okay whatever i mean i dropped everything if i had homeschooling plans they were gone and i had to learn that Whatever, whatever this was ha- was happening to us, I had to ditch what my plans, my comfort zone, how I wanted my schedule. I was used to, you know, a certain rhythm. I had to dump that, mm-hmm. and I had to say, what is necessary in this situation? Um, mm-hmm. What does my husband need? And I think one of the first things that a man needs when he's not doesn't have a job, besides looking for another job, he has a lot of time on his hands. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't necessarily have the direction to to focus his drive. He has this natural drive, but he doesn't have any direction. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of guys will become frustrated. They'll turn to things that are, um, oh, that will hurt them and will eventually hurt the family. Fortunately for my husband, you know, he was old enough. <laughs> you know, he was in his 50s, so he was cool with that. But um, one thing we did do is that my husband went, then I gave the schedule to him and I adapted to his rhythm and how he wanted to see things, how he wanted to do things. And for him at that time, especially, it was a great comfort for him to, to have Bible time with the kids, mm-hmm. sometimes for three hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, like we'd spend the first hour, we'd sing, and sometimes we'd, you know, do a little Jewish dance, whatever. And for like an hour, we'd sing and, and, and praise the Lord. And then for the next hour or two, we'd, we'd read the scripture aloud, and then he'd tell them all kinds of stories. And, and then he'd read a book aloud to them. And, and, um, it was a really, really rich time. And I think allowing him that time to do that, uh, built him up and helped him to weather something that could have been really devastating to his psyche. 
and it really encouraged him. And I also had to learn that the, the homeschooling that I did, I had to work around that and realize that this rich time that we were spending was so, it was something the children probably would never have the rest of their lives with their mm-hmm. dad this time. And uh, so that that's one of the things that I had to do. I had to adjust to that. And I thought sometimes I would become so frustrated because I didn't have, I was used to having all morning to spend just in academics. Mm-hmm. And that was not happening. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, how in the world am I going to get these certain things done for my children? You know, and so I, I would become frustrated. I would become um, upset. And sometimes I let him know, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, God would say, you know, just trust me, just trust me. And I would take any opportunity I had to cover the academics. And now that I look back over that time, we made amazing progress. Mm-hmm. And I, I, because I had surrendered that to the Lord, he blessed every effort we did. And he taught me things that now I'm able to teach other people about simplifying and uh, streamlining and getting the, getting the best out of every moment rather than thinking you have to have huge amounts of time. Mm-hmm. So, well, so, you know, Sherry, you, you um, hit on um, something um, that's quite uh, significant there. When a man uh, loses his job and comes home, very often in a non-homeschooling family, other things are going on. The wife might have a job, the children are going to school, and so he's left by himself. Mm-hmm. What you were able to do because of your homeschooling was to embrace him and bring him into mm-hmm. that life at home, and it immediately yep. gave him purpose. Exactly. Away exactly. from his job. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. it was just it was just an amazing thing. You know, God really did have blessings for us mm. in the middle of that. Uh, even though, you know, I mean, you look at the bills and you don't have the money. And I think that my husband can juggle bills so well that he should be in the circus, you know. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so he really, his, his job, he felt, was to make me feel secure and provided for even when he had nothing. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of his stresses and everything away from me. And he just dealt with it. Mm-hmm. He dealt with the bills. I didn't even worry about the He handled every bill, every piece of our budget. That was his. Mm-hmm. And he, that also gave him purpose that he was still providing for me, even though he wasn't working. Yeah. And I think that really helped him, too. But one of the things that was hardest for him was the feeling of constant rejection, mm-hmm. that he was no longer... Um, wanted by anyone he was no longer a valuable person he had nothing to give and that's something that he struggled and struggled and struggled with and at a certain point towards the end i think that all the months of fighting and fighting and fighting were causing him to start to buckle into it and it became very very difficult and up to that point i had been you know kind of like um weathering the storm, you know, batting down the hatches and we'll weather out this storm. And it was a very defensive position. You know, the enemy was, the enemy was, you know, shooting volleys over us. And mm-hmm. I was just saying, well, we'll just wait and the enemy will go away. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point I had to stand up in faith and I had to say no devil. Mm-hmm. And I had to start speaking scriptures out throughout the house. And I had to start, um, Standing up in faith and believing, instead of just saying I believed, I had to really fight the fight of faith and really believe that God was for our family, that he had positive things. And I had a really, um, not in not in a, an, an overtly um, 
masculine way, but I really had to take things in hand and encourage my husband. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was what he needed me to do at that point. You know, it yeah. kind of, you know, sometimes he, you know, like I said, he was handling the bills. He didn't want me to worry. But at a certain point, I had to step in there and say, honey, it's, you, you have to stand. You're going to have to stand and believe. And within months, God would just had everything, you know, things started breaking breaking loose again. So Yeah. Well, I started the show with a quote from Romans mm-hmm. saying, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ and all these right. things we have full victory through God. And we have to That's go on a right. short break, Sherry. And when mm-hmm. we come back, we'll talk some more. Sounds good. Thank you. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul radio show, empowering women to build a successful business, invites you to join her on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At the ripe age of five, she was already interpreting information in documents and instructions on forms for her immigrant parents. Now, through her experience and those of her guests, she provides you with valuable steps to empower you to reach financial independence. Martha A. Sanchez is a registered nurse with a Bachelor in Nursing and Master's of Business administration. She's a business coach, speaker, author, and CEO of Moss International, LLC. Her diverse work experience brings you expertise in areas essential to customer service, social media, and budgeting. The Mommy to Mogul radio show furthers her personal mission of empowering women to help them build successful businesses so they can reach financial independence. Join Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul radio show, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Well, Sherry, you talked before we went on break about your husband dealing with rejection, no matter how much you were able to um, you know, enfold him within your family and what you were doing. Outside rejection really takes its toll, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. So how long did it take before he was able to get another job? Four years. Four years. Yes, four years. Because, you see, he's in the age bracket with with the Obamacare changes that um, it, it, when he made such a, a high salary before he was laid off. And the mm-hmm. fact that he was older was actually mm-hmm. a deterrent to anyone wanting to hire him. So even if he, if he tried for lower paying jobs, he was still rejected. Yeah. 
and um, because he was so qualified and he was older. Mm-hmm. Well, he's with a company now that appreciates older people. Well, good. <laughs> so, so, and there mostly older people work there. So, so he feels really good about it, and it's a really a blessing. Um, it, it's not anywhere near the money he was making before, but I think it's a sweeter place to work. Well, you managed for four years with no well, with no income except for unemployment income, and so anything is is more than that, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, and and the the, the blessing he feels so good uh, about himself. He feels yeah. so good that God has has blessed him, and that he now has something that he's doing that's important, and and it just blesses me every day. And he mm-hmm. smiles, you know, a lot. Where he was trying to do the best he could, but, you know, it was affecting him. He couldn't help it. He wasn't doing anything uh, wrong. It was just circumstances were starting to affect how he felt about himself and about life. Yeah, yeah. It hits it hits their ego really badly. <laughs> oh, I, and I totally understand that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sherry, you already answered one of the questions that I had about how did your homeschooling change? You said that you couldn't do your academics in the morning, so you had to find... Um, you know, places to do it. And and God Mm -hmm. showed you that you really don't need a lot of time to do this. You can, Mm -hmm. you know, simplify and streamline. Talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about what your homeschool looked like and and how you were able to simplify and streamline. Okay. Well, one of the main things that uh, I I realized is that I could give my children vitamins and tools is what Mm -hmm. I like to think about. So um, I... I was able to use the McGuffey readers, which is something that's pretty ancient, but I just can't find anything that compares. Right. And I learned to use some very simple methods, and with depending on the child's age, between 15 minutes and maybe a half an hour in the, in the, the language arts program that's uh, that's included, and then with some math with that, and then spending just a lot of uh, some time uh, exploring on their own or. Uh, interests and everything, that we could put this this kind of curriculum, so to say, together that would concentrate on a core and then and then be expanded according to how much time or effort we wanted to put into it. But always our core was taken care of so that the children could teach themselves, you see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they would have the tools so that they, in turn, if they had something they wanted to learn, they were not handicapped because they couldn't read well or write well or they didn't understand basic number operations, um, they could pretty much do anything they wanted to do. And my children, most children are pretty much geniuses in one area or another if we let them develop. Um, And so they were able to take that and develop those areas, and um, we just we made progress. We continued to make marvelous progress, even though I wasn't having that four to six hours a day. Right. But it it showed you and it showed the children that, you know, they could they could manage without all of that time. You wonder what you did during all of that time that was superfluous, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I you know uh, now I know that he's working again. We have our time, and we, uh, you know, I have a special area we go into, and it's really relaxing. and And I take my time with my little children, but really, my my older children, I have certain requirements of them. But I almost feel guilty some days because. They're making progress and moving ahead, and I'm not really actively, you know, mm-hmm. in there pushing them, you know, everything. It's just they're doing marvelously, and I'm just kind of watching it happen now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that I just I, I wish more people could 
would would read and understand, you know, hopefully they'll go to my blog and kind of kind of glean some things that I've learned so that they can be set free too because homeschooling can seem like such a oh, a weight. It's a weight and it's a stress and and we're comparing ourselves to everyone and and you know in school they spend 6 to 8 hours a day. What, you know, mm-hmm. how can I compete with that? And mm-hmm. the, all these kids are going to college and and you know you're you're wondering well, how will my child, you know, measure up? And, and, you know, we have our relatives that are looking in and, well, can he read this book? You know, you're going, oh, no, you know, disaster, right? And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so important if we can just, this is the way that people were taught in our country during the time of our greatest growth as a nation. They were taught a core. And then people were expected to take initiative and learn on their own. That was the way people were taught. It was a personal thing. It was, it was an independent thing. It was something that was born out of kind of a pioneering spirit. Mm-hmm. And we try to pass that on to our children. And I, I think, you know, I was still able to do that even with my oldest children, although not as effectively because, you know, you learn as you go along. And today they they do marvelous things, and their peers are like, they're, they're going, how, how did you – how are you able to be so successful at younger ages? And it's because they learn to take the initiative and learn on their own. Yeah, yeah. So, Sherry, what about you and your husband, um, your your relationship, your marriage? How did that um, grow and, and develop? What was the blessing there? I think that, you know, it's kind of like tag teaming in a way. You know, the Bible says that two are better than one. Because when one falls, the other one can can pick them up. And I think through the last four years, there were times when I was down and he would lift me up. Times when he was down, I would lift him up. And, you know, you learn that, you know, a lot of people say that marriage is a 50-50 proposition, but really it's a 100-100 proposition. Mm -hmm. And he gives 100% to bless and love me, and I give 100% to bless and love him. And Mm -hmm. then we end up meeting each other's needs that way. And um, I was yesterday. We went to the grocery store, and we've learned with 15 children over these years, we've learned to make everything a date. You know. Yes. <laughs> so, so we went to the grocery store together, and you know, uh, he kind of poo poos um, uh, organic anything. He's like an old school kind of guy. He's 58. You know, mm-hmm. and when he grew up, they were still eating white bread. You know, Wonder mm-hmm. Bread was it. So um, we're in the store, and he's just making all these cracks about organic food, and he just had me laughing so hard. We're in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> we're just laughing, and uh, you know, we were we were talking about how we we are best friends. You know, even through this time, even through all the and there were dark times. There were dark times when you know you just get so discouraged, and um, you know you have to ask people for help, and that can be some of the most discouraging mm-hmm. things of all. You know, we don't like to ask for help, and um, you know there were times when it was really dark, but. We always knew that we were we were we were in love with each other long before any of this any children or anything, and we've just always been friends. I, it just just the sweetness has deepened is what happened. So, what about the children? How how did it affect them? All how yeah, and I know it affected them. So, how did it affect them? Okay, well, if you a lot of it was that Daddy had a really good way of protecting them. Mm-hmm. And so they really, and we also kept our schedule. We Well, we, it wasn't the same schedule as before, but we had a rhythm to every day. In other words, mm-hmm. they knew what to expect 
from one woman to another. It wasn't like helter skelter in life. You know, sometimes when when uh, things hit us, we can kind of throw out the baby with the bathwater, and we can just like, well, what do we do now? And we're kind of uh, scatterbrained, and mm-hmm. our schedule scatterbrained, and nobody knows when meals are going to be made, and and uh, mom and dad are upset, so we don't know what we're supposed to be doing next. And so, um, one thing that we really, really concentrate on is keeping things on an even keel. You know, we have breakfast now, we clean the house now, we have uh, Bible time now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, the sameness of that, I think, protected them a lot. Mm-hmm. from what was going on. And we didn't keep them in the dark completely. We said, you know, we're going to have to really cut back on this because we have these bills and things like that, especially with the older children. We let them know what's going on. But, you know, they they didn't really seem too moved by it. Yes. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think that if if I think that if the children see the parents are upset, I think that affects them more than the realities of the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but- I think that that if parents can weather it and stay in faith, even if it behind closed doors, or you know they're having upset times, but uh, on the outside they're trying to keep things even for the children. I think that's where the children get their security by how the parents are handling it. Mm-hmm. And you know, looking back, they will treasure those moments they were able to have with their father. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Because he was able to, I think, more than our oldest children, which we've raised and they're out, I don't think they had the opportunity to really get to know their dad like these these children have. And I think there's a sweetness and a closeness that wouldn't that is there that isn't with our oldest children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, there are different seasons in life. And actually, when you have 15 children, you're kind of really raised in two or three families. Yeah. in succession. <laughs> yeah. And so you're a youngster when you've got your first kids and you're learning certain things. You have more energy in some ways, but, you know, there are different pluses to each stage in your life that you're importing to your children. And I think part of what happened with this unemployment is that my husband and I were at a place of, of maturity to where we weren't allowing our emotions to run us. Well, they, you know, in a lot of homeschooling families, if they do, if the husband does lose his job, that's the only income. And it's a very uh-huh. frightening, very frightening yeah. proposition. And uh-huh. to hear your story with 15 children, four years, is very uplifting, Sherry. I'm so glad you were able to come and talk today. Um, yeah. Tell us, well, we're getting ready to go on a break in a little bit here, and I want to hear about your blog so that I can send people there. Um, but, you know, this this closeness on what you did and the way you were able to embrace your husband and support him and bring him into the family is just very, very touching and very, very strengthening. Oh, I'm so glad. I hope other people can be blessed because I know we're not the only ones that have weathered this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, there we get blessed by the testimonies how God, the Bible says that we are comforted with the same comfort that we receive from God. Mm-hmm. And has God comforted us as he as he guided us, as he directed us, as he blessed us and helped us to understand what true faith looks like, mm-hmm. then our story can bolster other people and bless them and help them to, to you know, to come mm-hmm. up to that place where they can believe God too. Absolutely. And Sherry, the hardest thing to do is to trust God. That is mm-hmm. a very difficult thing to do because you just yes. feel as though you're going to drown. Mm-hmm. And so what you did with your family was you really did trust God because there really was nothing else you could do. Exactly. And we have to go on a short break. We'll be back in just a moment. Thank mm-hmm. you.
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Spark Your Soul Radio with Ann Phyllis. Perspectives with purpose, insights with heart. The WooHoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start tuning into your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world. From your work to your relationships, lifestyle to legacy. Host Ann Phyllis is a spiritual analyst, fire starter, energy alchemist, and soul truth clairvoyant. Using the heart and purpose-based principles of her signature Soul Sense system, Anne offers weekly wisdom for tuning in, letting go, unlocking, and unblocking. If you've been walking through life with excess baggage, a heavy heart, a feeling of disconnection from your inner life, consider Anne your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. Every week on Spark Your Soul Radio, Anne takes you on a journey into the heart of your soul sense. There, she helps translate your energy, essence, and soul truth knowing into positive action and change. From this space of personal awakening and transformation, you're able to reignite your spirit, spark your soul, and live in alignment with your vision and values. Ready to spark your soul? Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player. Got a question for Anne? Want to be a guest on her show? Visit sparkyoursoul.me and listen to Anne every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Shh, listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Well, Sherry, tell us where we can go, where, where my listeners can go to read um, what you write. And, and you have two, well, you did, you had two blogs when I last spoke to you. Do you still have them? Um, the other one I'm not so active on. I think I've, I'm doing better concentrating on the one. Okay, so tell us which one that is. That is largefamilymothering.com. Okay. Okay, and from there we can go yeah. over to your, we can learn about your McGuffey um, cards, flashcards. Um, is that what they're called? Yeah, well, what, I, called? I, I actually have posted, uh, I have a page there that I have a number of tutorials on how to plan your own homeschool curriculum. Okay. And it's on the sidebar. You can find it. There's a graphic there. Six mm-hmm. ways to plan a simple, excellent, affordable curriculum tutorial. And so uh, people can just click on that and kind of, that's, I've kind of like, um, you know, I have all 
lots of things that are in my brain that I wanted to share. I just shared on every every possible part of homeschooling I could think of, language, arts, math, science, history, uh, you know, studying the world, history, geography, social studies. Um, I just tried to put every idea I could think of on there in different in small increments so that people, and when they have lots of graphic helps and there are some PDFs, and, you know, if you go through that, you can find out uh, a more streamlined, more efficient way to homeschool your children without so much stress. And with the simplifying and the streamlining that you've done, did it free up some time for you to dedicate more time to your writing? Yes, it has. And another Mm -hmm. thing, too, because we got our core done so quickly, now I have my students to help me. Uh, they make graphics for me. They help with my uh, with my design of my blog. They mm-hmm. help me with my social media. So I have like a whole team. <laughs> mm, fantastic. So, so how old is your youngest one now? She's five. She's five. Okay. Mm-hmm. And your oldest? She's 31. She'll be 31 in a few days. And you have grandchildren? Mm-hmm. I have seven grandchildren. No, okay. even, yeah, seven. Yeah. Okay. So, um, gosh, you do. I don't know how you find time to do everything. I mean, you know, I had four children and I didn't have a lot of time. And I know you do the streamlining and the simplifying. And I was all for that as well. I just oh, I, yeah. I encouraged my children to discover and learn for themselves a lot because I had things that I wanted to do for myself. My husband had things as well. Um, he was at home with us because my husband works from home. And it's funny because our children thought that everybody's dad was at home all the time. And they were yeah. really quite taken aback when they discovered, you mean you don't have your mom and your dad at home all the time? <laughs> oh, how sweet. How I know. sweet. I know. And, and quite honestly, that's what uh, a group of your children are going, to, are going to really, really appreciate that. And I'm so glad that you were able to relax into it most of the time too because mm-hmm. I think that's the thing we just have to we do have to relax into the situation and you know mm-hmm. you, you, yep. there's no control unless you have you know unless you're entrepreneurial and you know you can sell stuff that you make or write or whatever there's not an awful lot of control there is there no and you know it helped us to be to develop some entrepreneurial areas of our lives too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because oh, we did have that time and we can we could collaborate with one another and his business acumen was really beneficial yeah you know and that helped him to have something to do on the side as well all right sherry well we've come to the end of our time together thank you so much once again for um agreeing to come and talk to me about this um sometimes very difficult and emotional topic i've been talking with sherry hayes a compassionate promoter of redemptive home educating for almost a quarter of a century maintaining the belief that homeschooling is god's venue for national and world revival um her larger than life christian family inspired sherry to write a blog that you need to go to. I'm going to have it linked on my website, the Sociable Homeschool, and on Toginet Radio's page. It's largefamilymothering.com. You can also just type in Sherry Hayes and things will come up about her too, her, both her books. And um, you can go discover this wonderful woman and read what she has to say. Um, you will find her insights and practical tools for simplifying and streamlining your homeschool. I've enjoyed sharing our conversation very much this afternoon with you. I'm sure my listeners have been encouraged and heartened by your gracious insights. You have a wonderful weekend and congratulations yeah. to your husband. And um, thank you again for joining me. Well, thank you for this opportunity, Vivian. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
Well, you know, stresses, stresses in life don't magically end when our children leave home. As I said last week, they change and we worry about other things. We worry about our parents, jobs, retirement, unemployment. And as my blue-eyed cowboy and I have first-hand knowledge of where to live next. When we sold our flat in London and moved my cowboy's mom out of her house in East Texas, we effectively rendered ourselves homeless. Some people are quite taken aback when I say that, and I have to reassure them that it's by choice. If we want a journey around the world, following in the footsteps of my traveling homeschool friends who sell up and simplify life by letting go of possessions, making memories to be retold around the campfire at their twilight years, then not having a property or pets or readily available belongings is the way to go. Letting go of the material stuff is a major step for most of us. For me, knowing I have couple of tangibles I can hang on to and take with me easily from place to place. Help me feel secure. Don't get me wrong. Jesus is in my heart always. I said tangibles, okay? I don't fret about keeping precious knickknacks. Something as simple as two stuffed toys named Ted and Ratty accompany me on all my trips, all of them that I've ever taken during my married life. Ted is a blue bath sponge from an Evelyn and Crab Tree shop and no longer made, unfortunately. So he's one of a kind. And Ratty is a replica of Toad's best friend from Wind in the Willows. And together they make a formidable team, rather like my southern gentleman and me. Their silly familiar faces peeking at me from my carry-on bag sends me a rush of familiarity to my soul that I'm grateful for. My heart slows down a bit, in case you don't know. I'm not an adrenaline fiend. I avoid rides at the fair and I'm not one for jumping out of planes or climbing high mountains, though I did race powerboats once. Putting all the possessions we had finally whittled down into a manageable storage unit or two was not as gutting as I expected. I banished the niggless scenarios of never seeing my well-loved collection of eclectic odds and bobs again to the back burner. If that was in my future, I'd deal with it when I arrived there. I don't dwell on foreshadowings. Letting go of the emotional baggage isn't so easy, though. It can't be wrapped up and packaged in boxes, perhaps never to be unpacked again. It has to be diverted and viewed from another, from through another lens. Emotional baggage jumps out and meets us at every turn, don't you find? I'm here, it shouts, when a situation arises that jogs a memory, or a smell brings childhood flooding back, or music drowns us in melancholy. Sometimes the nudges are welcome, like the gentle rain reminding me of my frizzy hair battles at school, or the sudden rush of wind as a tube train blasts into the station, carrying me back to heady moments of independence when I was in my early 20s. There are others, like the taste of apple juice, or the smell of oatmeal cooking that remind me my children have grown older. And so have I. And sometimes that's scary. When we sold our London flat and moved away from East Texas, when we finally came home from Florida, I found myself changed. Um, the opportunity um, for empty nesting came from a different angle. Opportunities came from a different angle. I became resilient uh, like the resiliency I was talking about a little bit earlier, I became refreshed and balanced and settled. It's all about attitude. It's all about letting God change the way we see our challenges, rather like what Sherry was talking about. Whether we choose to pick up where we left off and avail ourselves of the cherished contents of our storage units remains to be seen. And the prospect for me anyway is exhilarating. At least I keep telling myself that. This week, uh, my blue-eyed cowboy and I did a couple of 
parenting things. We went to meet Dorts at her ballet studio to deliver some medicine she needed. And I asked if she wanted us to bring her anything else. What parent doesn't? And she gave us a little shopping list. Then we swapped out love seats for her. We'd already been to our storage unit to shift some stuff around so we could add a thing or two to it. And she was being given a love seat that reclined by a friend. The problem was she wanted to sell the perfectly good leather one to make room for the reclining one. And there was a snag. We had bought the little leather one for her, so we nixed her selling it. We had to rent a truck because she didn't have a way to do the move herself. And we had 75 minutes to do the swap in, which was impossible. We went over by a bit and it only cost a little more. In reality, it did take us an hour and 75 minutes. And the recliner love seat was so heavy. At one point, I had serious doubts I'd be able to lift its dead weight off the ground into the pickup. But we did it and we were parents for the day. She bought us lunch from her little restaurant to say thanks. And our teacher daughter comes over several times a week to visit and eat with us in the evenings. It's so lovely to see her. And she's very sensible about her children, knowing their lim- her limitations and their limitations. And she is not prepared to do certain things in the classroom. The other teachers are decorating for Halloween and she's not. Well, we never did as a family. We weren't one of those houses that had Christmas lights up or Easter eggs hanging in the trees or graveyards and ghouls in the front garden. We didn't even trick or treat. The children think they were deprived, but I don't know. I suppose the culture has trickled down as it does in families. I've been invited to read at her learning centre during Thanksgiving week, and that's always been a favourite thing to do, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm being called a celebrity reader, and my cowboy is making me a flower to promote what I'm being, what I'm going to be doing. And before I go, I really have to say thank you to this very good friend of mine who has allowed me to broadcast from her house. And we're going to be packing up for California this weekend to see our filmmaker son. We're planning an exciting and wonderful time with him, enjoying the belated birthday celebrations, meeting friends and catching up on news. Um, please pray for the grieving family of the young man who died of Ebola here in Texas this week. Thank you for listening to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny. I'll be back same time, same place next Friday. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief, the hardworking staff at Toginet Radio, my producer, my producer Casey, my returning guest this week, Sherry Hayes, and all of you, my faithful listeners. Go forth in peace. You have followed the good road. Go forth without fear, for he who created you has sanctified you, has always protected you, and loves you as a mother. Blessed be God for having created us. Doop, doop, doop. Doop, Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on 